the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy of sinking. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. And the excellency of Camel and Sharon. There shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. And he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame leap like an heart. And the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness water shall break out and streams in the dry desert. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. have come and now is that time where the Lord himself shall march into the lands and breaks of our land and he shall come with redemption he that mourn and weep at the altar rejoice for the day of thine redemption do it now the voice of victory shall be heard again in the land the desert and the wasteland shall be watered for the Lord himself shall be an everlasting light and there shall be no more darkness thank you father can you worship him and give him praise if you can you know the grand orchestrator of what we are doing is Jesus and every time he decides to interrupt the procession we cry blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord second Peter chapter 1 you see when the intensity of worship ascends to heaven 
And the heart of God is pleased by the sacrifices that the sons of men have offered. God speaks from his holy sanctuary. Something is born in the spirit. And all men that are aligned with God give birth. Hallelujah. Now what I want to do is just to. Please. Um, okay. Turn your Bible to 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to do a reading from verse 16. I might have to digress a little from the original scope of our teaching just to give voice to that which has been born in the spirit realm. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. And when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard. And we were with him in the holy mount. For we have also a martial word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed. As unto a light that shineth in the dark place. Until the day dawn. And the day star rise in our hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Somebody help me with verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It is needful for us to understand just that just like it is possible for one to give birth in the natural, there are also bettings in the spirit. For instance, in the book of Luke chapter 1, the Bible says, when Gabriel came to encounter Mary, he said that the spirit of the Lord shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. And the consequence of this great and mighty impartation is that you are going to conceive something. Something will be born. And that holy thing that shall be conceived of thee shall be called the son of God. Now just as in the natural, a natural being can give birth. It's also possible that in the spirit there are bettings. Hallelujah. And so I want to speak quickly on a topic. When the spirit gives birth. Now, as a believer, you must understand when you are carrying a pregnancy of the spirit in your in the womb of your heart. A pregnancy of the spirit. 
Have you ever come under intense pressure to pray and you do not know why you are praying? And the Bible calls such groanings that cannot be uttered. is actually the kind of thing that takes place in the labor ward or labor room when a woman is about to put to bed. The same kind of scenario is what happens when one is locked up in, 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 in groanings. Because there's something spiritual that must be born. When the purposes of God have been marked for a particular territory, what God looks for are wombs through which he can give birth to his purposes. If you are still with me, say amen. amen. He begins to look for wombs. That he can begin to plant the reality that he wants to give birth into the territory. And people that can handle the things that the spirit of God is about to birth. Hallelujah. In the book of Second Peter where we read. Is an account of an eyewitness. Hallelujah. He said that they were privileged to look upon the excellent majesty of God. When he took them to the holy mountain, they had an experience that no human word had sufficient stature to describe because it was an encounter of not the natural, but an encounter of the supernatural. They came back from the holy mountain and they could not really fathom the scope of impact and encounter they had received. It took many years after Jesus has ascended before Peter was able to make bare the full import of the encounter he has received and the significance of that encounter and the impact that he had on his life. It was in that same environment as he gave muscle, he gave words to that which he contacted in the realm of God that he spoke about the nature and the character of prophecy. If you are still with me, say amen. amen. You see, Christianity has been reduced to a religion. Something that is likened unto practice and procedure. And we do not understand that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is the life of God that through Christ is factored into man. And that's why the summary of the Christian faith is captured and summed up in one scripture. That is no longer I that liveth but Christ. And the only way that Christ can be the one living is that you switch off and then you allow Christ in you to switch on. The results that Christ had when he walked this world will be found in your life because you are not operating by your life. You are operating by the life of Christ. Hallelujah. But you see, you must understand that this life of Christ of which we speak is a strange kind of life. It has the ability and capacity to give birth to spiritual things. And a man that does not understand the movements of God in his spirit can never grow in his Christian life. Because the capital base and the resource through which God expects you to live the supernatural life 
is tied onto and locked onto the investment of the spirit that lies deep within the core of your being. And if you cannot discern the movements of God on your inside, it will be difficult for you to understand what God is doing in your life. We need to understand that Christianity must be taken away from practice and procedure into spirit and life. It is when we capture it from the accurate scope that we can understand when the spirit of God wants to give birth to something within us. But you see, the average Christian is so conscious of what is happening in the natural. He believes that what guarantees his acceptance, him being accepted in the presence of God, is a set of rules and uh, uh, some, some religious um, orientation. Meanwhile, that which gives you access into the presence of God is the blood of Jesus that has fabricated and pioneered a new and a living way. There is nothing in the natural that you can do to please God. There is no natural thing you can do that can strike a chord in the realm of the spirit. And that's why a herbalist and a medicine man, he knows better. He knows that in communing with the spirit that he communes with, there is nothing natural he can do in order to gain the attention of that spirit. There is no regalia he can put on to please and to impress that spirit. No culture, no practice, no procedure. He understands the realm and the dimensions of the spirit and he knows how to communicate. That's why he has power and advantage in the natural. Because he has insight and understanding into the supernatural. Any generation that reduces Christianity to a set of rules, a, 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 you know, a set of practice and procedure has made the religion come out of something that is not a religion. He has fabricated um, 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 a pseudo culture that did not come from heaven. If you are still with me, say amen. amen. Yes, when spirit life develops within you, it will impact into your life the culture of heaven. If you were an angry man, God will judge that anger. He will take you through processes that will judge those things that you are leaning upon, which is not a product of the manifestation of his life form. Are you with me? Your character will change. Your perspective will change. Your orientation will change. Your value system will change. But that change is not coming because you are trying to change something. That change is coming because the kingdom of God within you is enlarging and it's beginning to affect your perspective, affect your orientation, affect your disposition. That's how change comes. It comes from inside out, not from outside in. Everything you do outside is a religion and it cannot please God. I know somewhere along the line as we progress, you may not like what I'm saying. But we are in dire times. The destiny of Christianity is at stake. Marauders have mounted the pulpit. They have painted a picture of our faith that is not consistent with scriptures. And so prophets will have to rise up and speak so that the destiny of the gospel can be preserved. People that have seen Jesus will have to talk about him so that the destiny of the gospel will be preserved. We have lived on duplicates for too long. So many people in church are dependent on pastors to hear God for them. And the pastors, knowing that they have inability to access the original, they deceive them and beguile them and steal from them. That day is coming to an end because the least among us will become as strong as David. And any man that does not know God, he will not last on the mic for too long.
Hallelujah. I know you don't like my, my message. But just like a man can give birth in the natural, there are bettings in the spirit. The spirit gives birth. The spirit can overshadow you and something will be conceived. And that which is conceived, if you know how to incubate it, when the gestation period is fulfilled, something will be born. Oh my God. Oh my God. This man spoke a story. I don't know how long it took. He had an encounter on the holy mountain. He kept his secret because Jesus said, don't disclose it. Don't disclose it. <laughs> Jesus said, don't let it out. Don't tell anybody these things that you have seen. Because if they had spoken it that time, it would have been a lie. If you go to the lab and you see an embryo forming, all right, and you abort it and put it in a test tube, that thing there is not a man. He may not have had legs yet. If you talk about it too early, what you are describing is a lie. Because that's not what God wants to give birth to. That's why Jesus said, Allow it to incubate. Let it take time. It's only a herbalist that can go to Tibet and come back and become a grandmaster. If you are going to grow in the kingdom, tell your neighbor, it takes time. If we never saw when you learned how to pray in tongues, we never knew when you learned how to grow in Christ, and suddenly you come out as a senior prophet, it's the devil that sent you. If you cannot be traced to a man, you'll be traced to the devil. Now, we need to know your history. A man woke up in Lagos, he's senior prophet now. None of the fathers of the faith in the country ever discipled him. Trace the, the, the history of Christianity. His lineage in the faith is not known. And he showed up from the backside of the wilderness with a long beard and a regalia that was outdated. And he was called prophet. And people gathered unto him. They are blind people. But the days and the tenor of those who God had not sent, it has expired. Because the sons of God have been made manifest. And the least among us will be as strong as David. If you are still here, say amen. The spirit also gives birth. There was a time that Jesus sent 70 people to go out for evangelism. He gave them the message to preach and he told them what to do in the territories. Now you must understand these 70 people that Jesus sent, they had various or variable levels of spiritual maturity. Is that true? And he was sending them to cities and villages. And these cities and villages, they have different spiritual terrains. Is that true? Now, the spiritual terrain of Naka is different from the spiritual terrain of Kanshio. You may be successful in ministry in, Ka in Naka, but you may come to Kanshio and you'll be having running stomach every time you man the pulpit. Oh my God, you are not with me. <laughs> you see, we... we we started preaching in the village, so we know what we're talking about. We didn't start with suit and, and, and color. We didn't start with diaries, red diaries and big Bibles. We started by learning how to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Don't believe any preacher that cannot cast out devils. He's not a representative of Jesus. Because Jesus had a four-point agenda. The Bible says he preached, he taught, he healed and he what? Cast out. 
just in case you don't cast out devils, Jesus didn't send you. Go back to the incubator. Let the things of the spirit be born through you first. Then you can speak for him and your words will be truth. Hallelujah. And so the territories had different terrains. The people Jesus was sending had different levels of maturity. Hallelujah. But they came back with one testimony. Irrespective of territory. Irrespective of terrain. Irrespective of maturity. Irrespective of growth. It was Jesus that sent them. And everyone that came, came with a testimony. They said the demons were subject. When we mentioned your name, some things took place. Miracles were wrought. The lame were cleansed. The dead, even the... You know, they mentioned, and when he came to the dead, they said, even the dead were raised. And Jesus peeped into the realm of the spirit and told them the real story. <laughs> he said, you, these things did not happen because it was you that went. He said, I beheld Satan. <laughs> Fall like lightning from heaven. So when they went to preach, Jesus took on Satan. He was doing the main... See, the guys that went thought they were doing something serious. And they came back. He said, okay, shut, shut up, shut up. I beheld. Somebody say, I beheld. Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Then the Bible now says, and in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. Now, that is something we don't know. What does it mean for a man to rejoice in the spirit? Now, he didn't rejoice in the natural. He didn't say, hey, no. It was his spirit that was rejoicing. Oh, you are not with me. I'm trying to describe when the spirit is giving birth, what happens. He rejoiced what? That's what happens when a woman is pregnant and the child kicks. There was something brewing and that thing inside, what? Rejoiced. Have you ever rejoiced in the spirit before? Evil things have happened. The landlord came to, he gave you another notice that it's one more week. Bad things are happening, but inside there's what? You are not with me. In Christianity, what happens on the inside is very important and you must discern it. If you cannot discern it, you will not know what the Spirit is giving birth to. And in that same hour, Jesus what? He rejoiced in the Spirit. Except you have the same experience, you don't know what that scripture is saying. It is not covered by doctrine what it means to rejoice in the Spirit. If you try to use theological capsules to label it, you will be at fault. Because that reaction can only be experienced, it cannot be explained. Just in case you were trained by a Bible teacher. You know, I teach. But in my teaching, I have limitation. I don't want to teach and claim that I can teach you the whole dynamics of spirit life. Because when you get into the spirit realm, I might tell you something, that the Holy Ghost is king. So when you want to initiate a relationship with him, don't wait for him to come. Make sure you take the initiative to advance toward him because a king may not want to go for visitation. Are you following? 
That's one of the principles. And I might teach you and say, prayer. As you pray, you can start praying in the flesh. But when the Holy Ghost takes over, what happens is that your heart is open. And when your heart opens, the realm opens. Say, hmm. But when you go into practicing the things I've taught, you now start praying. It may be that as you start praying, the realm was open before you started praying. You are not with me. Are you with me? I'm saying that even though we teach and make it systematic, the experience of it is not systematic. I might say point number one, two, three. The Holy Ghost might start from point number five, two, one. So except you discern the movements going on in the spirit yourself, the teaching might not benefit you. Because God is not a teaching. God is what? A spirit. Teachings might help you know how to articulate the experiences you have. But the experiences are bigger than teachings. Oh, you are not with me now. If I say something, you'll be offended. Check Nigeria. Most ministries pastored by teachers produce the worst le- the disciples that fight the revival. Check it. Just check it. Be sincere. Oh, you are not with me. I want to tell you the limitation of the teaching office. But it's obvious I'm speaking to the wrong audience. Let me. <laughs> mm. Because a teacher will ground you. And you will think that spiritual things can be understood from the mind perspective. Those guys that know the scriptures in their mind, they fight the spirit anytime he moves. They are the greatest resistance to the move of the spirit. I am not by any means belittling teaching. Because I was raised by a teacher myself. But having spent 15 years in the teaching office, I went into the wilderness to look for God. And what I found did not look like what I was taught. I, I don't think you are ready for this. I don't think you are ready. My, I had to throw my Bible school notes away. And I had to start teaching by revelation. Ah, you don't understand. I changed. That's what I'm saying. When spiritual things started brewing in my spirit and God gave me insight to understand the mechanics of those things, I changed. Then I saw a new demand for discipleship. It's not to raise people in the logo, but to raise people in spirit life. And if you are going to raise people in spirit life, the way of prayer is the highest and the heaviest molecule. So that they themselves can have the experience of God. And so that nobody will tell any man, know the Lord. Because every man will have the ability to know him from the least to the greatest. We have had a generation of people that have been cloned by teaching. Cloned by human tradition. Cloned by human excesses. But the time has come for you to know the Lord. Tell the neighbor, you must know the Lord. A teacher that does not know God can still be teaching. I'm, I'm doing wrong things now because the people, way people are looking at me. Let me tell you, your eyes will not do anything to me. If I'm not comfortable, when the eyes are bumped, it took me how many years? 27 years as a Christian to say this. I paid the price so I can say some things. We, we met with God, that's why we are talking. We are not preaching because people are preaching. 
We are not preaching because we want to prosper in it. We are not preaching because we want money. Hallelujah. Now, those of you that know us closely, you will know that we are not in this for money. In fact, we are not even seeing the money yet anyway. How do not have we seen the money? Just in case it comes, we will not change. We will deploy it for the right purpose and establish the kingdom of God and liberate the land from the bondage that it has been subjected to in darkness. But let me tell you the truth. Most of you have mental knowledge and you think it's the knowledge of God. When you come into the spirit realm, you are going to find something different. John on the Isle of Patmos, he was one of the apostles of the land. In fact, he was the only one that was blessed with the gift to die a natural death. Because all the other apostles died as martyrs. This man had worked with Jesus for long. Had worked with God for long. He was the apostle with a prophetic nature. And that's why when you read the book of John, the gospel of John, or the epistles of John, you cannot understand them at face value. His books are mystical and cryptic because they were shrouded in a prophetic anointing. There are 18 revelations about the life of God in the book of John. If you don't know that the book of John is the book of life, you have not read it. <laughs> you read Logos. <laughs> but you did not touch the spirit that John had that was speaking. That was a man that was mature in Christ. When he was invited to heaven, he was a novice. Why? What he saw contradicted the Bible study. Oh, you are not with me. Uh, on the Isle of Patmos, he received an invitation. Come up here. And do you know, the voice that spoke with him was not human voice. The voice that spoke with him was not in Thief language. The voice was not in Idoma. The voice was not in Igede. The voice was the sound of a trumpet he was hearing. And through the discernment that is in the spirit, he was able to understand the communication. And as he turned his heart to come, he entered into the, the transport mode of heaven. And he appeared in heaven. He didn't die before he appeared. Who told you that you need to die to go to heaven? <laughs> if you have not been there and you speak about it, you are a liar. Many pastors have not met God and they have deceived the people. Now we need to seek him diligently and to see his face. You know what? I've been to heaven many times. But I've not had liberty to speak about it. Because God has not permitted me yet. Somebody say he dreamt, he died and went to, and came out with a CD. That this is how hell is. Meanwhile, the Bible reveals. Are you with me? Now, the Bible, this is what it says. People that have encounters of heaven, there's no restriction for them to speak about it. But people that go to Hades, it is not allowed to speak about Hades. It's not, it's not biblical. It's not captured in scripture. Because people that go to Hades, the Bible says they have Moses and the prophets on earth. Nobody is required to come from the land of the dead to preach. You carry booklet and leaflet from somebody that claimed that he died and went to hell and is bringing the message to you in the land of the living. When you have Moses and the prophets, you like divination. That's why you went to take that book. It's your love for divination. Second Corinthians chapter 14, 
Paul said, I was caught up to the third heaven. Paul said, in another occasion, I was caught up to paradise. And in paradise, God spoke unspeakable things that is unlawful for man to utter. It's unlawful for any man to speak about the realm of Hades. And then now you are listening and romancing with messages that came from the land of the dead. The one that brought it and the message. Well, let me stop there. A, a, a woman that is 48 years in the Lord is duplicating those messages and saying, so that she can distribute. She has not preached about Jesus yet. He's carrying leaflet from the dead. How big? It's because we don't know God. What we know is doctrine in the brain. And the fact that you know it does not mean you know God. I came to tell you today, if you don't know how spiritual things are born, you don't know God. Don't boast. Come, let's look for his face. Don't boast. Too many charlatans on the pulpit. A bastard generation have been raised. People that do not understand the culture of heaven. Rigmaroling. Going from pillar to post. They can't identify a prophet that God has sent. They don't know utterance coming from heaven. If we remain on earth, we die. If we sit, we steal. We die. We need to make progress. We, tell your neighbor, let's move. Let's, let's make progress. Let's make progress. So every teaching ministry that doesn't have the prophetic element will raise people that have mental knowledge. And those guys will think that they are rich in the word of God until the Holy Ghost manifests. It will not look like anything you know. Are you, are you here? Now, how many of you went to campus? And then God began to break out. And then suddenly, ESCO members started fighting people that were members that touched God. Has he ever, are you acquainted with what I'm talking about? So the ESCO members now felt that, okay, people were no longer coming to them for counseling. And see, common floor members are touching heaven. The apostolic Christianity, the proof of the apostolic Christianity is that no one is a charlatan. Everyone knows the Lord and everyone has at least the strength of David. Any ministry that you are doing uh, with the view of keeping people into in perpetual immaturity so that they will not know God, they will know you, that ministry is, is Leviticus. It's Leviticus. That's why in Macaulay, people don't know God. We are so religious on Sunday morning, we are going, Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. On Monday, the impact of the religion is not seen. We need men that can give back to spiritual things. Men that understand the vibration of the spirit. Men that know the sound of God. Men that know the vibrations of God. It's just that there are so few of them right now and that's why the voice of charlatans are so, so much. Who are those people that prophesy? In those days when Agabus brought, brought a prophecy, he was a known prophet with an established record. Somebody comes up from nowhere. A faceless, nameless person. We don't know where he was born again. In what house was he born? But he has a message for the body of Christ. If you believe that message and you have started acting on it, you were bewitched. And you don't know God. Don't boost. Don't boost. The Bible says Jesus rejoice where? That's where Christianity is. That's where it comes from. 
as the kingdom of God begins to enlarge, your philosophy is affected. Your value system is affected. Even your dressing is affected. God can now say, oh my, you don't look like me today. Not a preacher, God. God said that. Hallelujah. And then you come to church. This one, God told her, don't wear trousers. That lady, God didn't tell her to wear trousers. To stop wearing trousers. So this one is wearing trousers and she's okay with God. That one is not wearing. She's also okay with God. If you have a problem with that, you are insane. Because it's only God that can give his people direction and instruction as to how their life should be administered. That is not the work of a pastor. No pastor has that role. You cannot give people a dress code by scripture. No. It's not possible. For those of you that came for morning session, we did an analysis. Go and take that tip. The only thing I can say that scripture says is that you should not dress in the attire of the harlot. Which means don't dress seductively or suggestively. Because we have an injunction in the scriptures that said be not conformed to this world. So your dressing philosophy should not be the dressing philosophy of what? This world. The harlot dresses to expose and advertise her products. And that's not your own philosophy. You must have a different perspective to dressing. But the Bible did not recommend. You get that? When you go that way, you are moved out of preaching. You are now into witchcraft. Because it's only the Holy Spirit that has the honors of manipulating the life of his saints. That's why the Bible says, Who art thou that thou judges another man's servant before his master is standard or what? For it. It's because pastors don't know God that we have gone into witchcraft. And we are an endangered generation because every religion is experiencing a revival. Islam, Buddhism, only Christianity is left redundant. And what we have as church has been infiltrated and is under the ailments of the dark system, politics, and all kinds of stuff, eating into the fabrics of the reality. But that which is in the spirit can never be defiled. It is pure right in the realm. And only men that have touched it can testify. Just like Peter, he was in the holy mount and he saw his excellent majesty. We, are not, we no longer know original things. We no longer know heavenly things. We no longer know new things because we are not on the holy mountain. But God will take us to Mount Zion. Because the Bible says that upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. There shall be holiness. And the house of Jacob. Now we need to fight for Christianity. I was in Lagos and, and God told me. He said, son, it's time to fight for Christianity. So I have received a new mandate. I have changed. Those days we teach and we try to be polite. Now we fight because the evil one has entered into the sanctuary. He wants to divide the heritage of God. There must be an ancient prophet that understands the statues of the Urim and the Turim that will come and contend with him. Tell your neighbor, don't be fake. For the past 25 years, we have been speaking in tongues in Nigeria. Somebody has to interpret it. Every day, bo 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 ba ba bo 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 ba bo 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 bo. When the spirit gives birth, 
When the Holy Ghost begins to stand up, you don't even know. You are see, the bobo is not an end. As the bobo starts, it's a catalyst to make the one inside to stand up. Because Jesus can sleep in your boat. He can sleep. Many of you here slept in the boat. Many of you. <laughs> oh. And you are still going with her tie. And say, when he calls me. Your only spiritual qualification is the, your attire, your apparel. You, your days have, have been numbered. You don't know it. You don't understand. Those days, the trousers we, we made were suspended like this. So you stand like, hey. Ah. When the time came, when we saw Jesus and asked him, is this what you, is this? He said, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. It was, hey, Jesus. We need to go back to the path of spiritual progress. We need to understand how to design when the spirit within us arises. Hallelujah. James and John, they were persecuted by the Sanhedrin, beaten with many stripes, 40 strokes of the cane. And when they came to their companions, they reported the things that the, 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 the high priest and the Sanhedrin had said. And then they began to pray. In the midst of the prayer, the Bible said that they were the, the, the ground, the foundation of the place where they were staying was shaking. Now, is it a lie? Okay, the, another person is asking, say, can it happen now? We don't even know what to expect. When God says you are blessed, you don't know the meaning. You don't know. You don't know the meaning. Because we are, we are illiterate in spiritual things. We are spiritually illiterate. We don't know what it means when Jesus says, you are blessed. For most of you, God has told you mighty things, but you don't know the meaning, the import. You can't contend for it. You can't fight for it. And when you see that your life doesn't change, your seasons doesn't change, it's not because they are not changing. Your seasons change when God speaks something new. You don't know the implication of an uttered word from the mouth of God. And after you have spoken, you are still there in your rags and in, 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 in ashes. You are still. Meanwhile, the spirit is giving birth to some. I want to tell a story and I close. When I left Bible school, I preached for five years. And after five years, I felt something that was so genuine. I felt as if, for what I know, I've preached the last message. That is, I was empty. Totally empty. I know you may not have felt like that. I felt as if I prayed the last prayer and I preached the last message. And if something new does not happen to me, then I must at well begin to look for the tree that harbors the wood that can make my coffee because I knew I had finished that level. 
So when I finished that level, I went back to pray and fast. Say, God, what, what exactly are you up to? Because I did not consult God before I went to Bible school. I went to Bible school because I felt I had the ability to teach. So I wanted them to teach me so that I would have what to teach. And really, they taught me. And then I taught what they taught me for five years. And then I became empty. Have you ever gone to a place where messages are recycled? The same message was titled Born to Win yesterday. It's now, it's now retitled, repackaged, and now it says... <laughs> Recycling. It means there's no more penetration. It means the wings have been cut off. The ability to mount up has been taken away. And what he is now is a philosopher. Using scriptures to play draft. I was sincere enough to know that I didn't have any new message to preach. So I went to God in the place of prayer. I began to pray. And then I found out that the Bible school I went to was my own agenda. It was not his own agenda. What he was telling me that I refused to hear was, I should sit at his feet. So me, I desired the ministry more than the God that called me to do the ministry. So in keeping with my desire, I went to Bible school. Then I now left God again and preached for five years. And when I came back, Baba said, uh, where I say it should stay is vacant. So my... Bible school and five years of preaching, there's no record of it in heaven. Do you know how many things you do that heaven does not know about? Uh, okay, you are not with me. Have you read that scripture that says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world? Have you read it? It means that the God kind, that which is of God, can give birth. And it's only that which God gives birth to that has the ability to overcome the wisdom of this world. So I went back to God. I needed something to be born from God. Because all I did, the Bible school I went, the five years I preached, was born from me. And when I went to God's presence, I was praying in my local church those days and I was lying on the altar here. And a scripture came to me. I would. It came, the scripture and the reference came to me. So I went and turned my Bible. Are you still here? What the scripture read was that, as for thee, this is my covenant between me and thee. I will put my words in your mouth. And I will put my spirit upon you. And my spirit upon your seed. And upon your seed, seed forever. Now, I need to say something. What do you have in your hand there? What's this? No. What's this? Huh? What's this? Bible. What does it contain? Word of God. No doubt, it contains the Word of God. 
uh, it contains the logos, the letters of the word of God. It contains the thoughts of God. That's how God thinks. But you know what the word of God is? The word of God is not the letters. The word of God is different from the thoughts of God. A Muslim was my pastor's wife's CRK teacher. No, you are not. You didn't come to church today. You didn't come. You are, you are absent. <laughs> a Muslim. And the guy was killed in teaching CRK. Was it the word of God he was teaching? He was teaching the Bible. He was communicating the thoughts of God. A man can make contact with the thoughts of God and never change. Can make contact with the Bible and never change. Because this is the letters. This does not have life. So those of you that carry the Bible and put under your pillow and sleep on it so that you'll be delivered from demons, it doesn't work. <laughs> Hallelujah. You used to do those, those kind of things. Yep. <laughs> When those things press you, press you, then you say, Holy Ghost, Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. <laughs> the average believer doesn't know how God's power works. He, he takes Bible, put, and then he sleeps with a false sense of security. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. The word of God is not letters. The word of God is spirit. In the heavens, it's life. When his spirit encounters your spirit infuses life into your spirit and you always know when you touch life so the word of god travels with the energy of god the life of god now you can be studying the scriptures and as you are studying blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor seated in the seat of their scornful but whose delight is in the world is in the law of the Lord and on his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Whose leaves shall not wither. When you now read that in, whose leaves shall not wither. That statement, whose leaves shall not wither. Now jumps from the Bible and enters into your spirit. And then he surges life. The word of God you have received is not he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Messiah. It's not blessed is the man. What you receive is whose leaves shall not what? That is the word of God. That one that came from the pages. That one that was laid upon your heart. You tried to remove your mind from it. You could not successfully do that. Because it was searching with life. God was speaking to you and telling you that many things might happen around you. But your leaves shall not wither so many enemies might wake up to, to put the pressure upon you but your leaves shall not wither so many things might take place but your leaves you see that see the difference between the one that is written and the one that is given the one that you read and the one that God uttered the one that God uttered lingers it stays it fumes with power 
and if you receive it and put it upon your lips it becomes yours you start talking about it my leaves shall not wither and then the thing surges forth with strength my leaves oh lord then if you speak in tongues on, on that one there will be power mm. you incubate it ah my leaves shall not what then you go to the office and then or God threatens that he's going to sack you you can't believe that because yesterday he spoke and said what my leaves That is a bad thing. The, the spirit has given birth to something. And that thing that has been given birth to, but the spirit can overcome the threat of your boss in the office. It can overcome the vehicle that you boarded, that the driver was driving and suddenly the tire punctured close to the edge of the river bank. My leaves. And suddenly the car stops. Because the power that was sorting in your spirit, when you proclaim that word, he went forth and he did something in the natural. Uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? My leaves shall not. See that? His spirit and life. Such is forth with life. Now, what I want you to understand is this about the word of God. Because Peter says, we have a more sure word of what? Of prophecy. Not the type that those sisters brought from the dead or anywhere they went to. If it was Tartarus that they went to and came back and they started talking. Maybe they went to the regions of Apollyon and came back with a message. I don't know where they went to because we, don't, we can't confirm where they went to. But they came back with a message. Hallelujah. But Peter said we have a sure, more what? Sure word of prophecy. There's something that is more sure than those dark speeches and dreams that people claim to have contacted in in strange places that word that god himself speaks into your spirit that's the word he was speaking about that god spoke on the mountain about jesus that this is my word beloved that word entered their spirit and even at old age he could not forget it it was still brooding with life that the testimony of jesus had been confirmed that jesus is indeed the one that heaven said he will send and we were eyewitnesses of his glory and his majesty you get that? Listen to me. Let me tell you two things about the word of God. Maybe uh, my time is up. I really want us to pray today. But my time is up. I don't want us to close late. The word of God. Are you with me? The first thing about the word of God is that it is spirit. It is what? Jesus said that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. So when you sit under a teacher, and a teacher systematically delivers the word of God to you, you know what you need to do? You need to take those words and go to the place of prayer. Because the things he's trying to communicate to you are spirit. And until you have made contact with the spirit of those things, that were in, you were instructed in, you don't have the reality of those things. There's a difference between receiving the message and receiving the passage. There's a difference between what? The message and what? The passage. 
The passage is that which you have in your hand. You can read it at home. But the message is not at home. The message is in heaven. The message is the testimony of spirit and life. Held up in the heavens. Are you with me? When I mounted the pulpit this evening, there was a message. The message that came was a message of praise unto God. And that message was Hosanna. And I had to declare it. We had to sing it. And as, as we sang it, the Holy Ghost ministered it to your spirit. Many people were captured in the power of that world. Are you with me? There's no other service outside of that. The service we have is to fellowship in the message. So as the power of the message was going forth, we had to shut down every other thing we were doing to receive what? Then when the message infused and entered into the fiber of our being and became flesh, became part of us, as much a part of us as our own beating heart that's infused into you, then the power that brought that message began to it means the message has reached its end. So that's when I carried the Bible. That same message quickened this scripture into my spirit. That I came with a catalog of scriptures to deliver a treatise. But the message came. And that message interrupted everything. If I had gone back to my treatise, I would have been talking. Releasing the passage. But there would be no message. Because the testimony of spirit and life will not be factored in what I, I'm, I'm doing. But a lot of English, diction, erudice, and utterance will be part of it. But that is not the message. Do you get that? And so, you do not make contact with the word of God until you have touched the spirit. The form in which these testimonies were before they were declared is in the form of spirit. Oh my God. Are you with me? Yes, it's in the form of what? So when God told me and said, as for you, this is the covenant that I will make with you. Those utterances were not words. There was a deposit that those utterances brought. Are you with me? If you do not see those words that God lays on your spirit beyond utterances, if you cannot identify that they are deposits, you will not know that you have a responsibility to cultivate that spiritual deposit. Something has been deposited by the spirit that must be incubated, must be grown until it becomes a present reality. And so God spoke to me and said, meanwhile, I need to tell you about me. Born a stammerer, lived a stammerer for many years until God said, well, I want to preach through you. I said, well, um, you would have called somebody else because this one has a problem with preaching and stammering. And then the great one man came and said, my covenant with you is that I'm going to put my words. And every wise student of the school of the spirit must understand that utterances from God have spiritual deposits. And the responsibility that comes upon you when you have received the word of God, is that you must cultivate the spiritual deposit that traveled through the utterances. Oh my. Are you with me? Now, embedded in those words that God spoke was the power to give me utterance to be his messenger. Do you understand that? Now, if I trivialize that experience and say all I received were some words from the Bible, 
I have lost that which came. I have committed abortion. And the life that was transmitted through that utterance died within my vessel. That's what happens. When a believer misses his season, it's because the word that God spoke, he was not able to factor the spiritual deposit that was transferred therein and to cultivate it. And so seasons are lost. Visitations are lost. Encounters are lost. Things, spiritual things are lost because we don't know how the spirit gives birth. God spoke that word and said, I've made a covenant with you. I'm not going to turn back on my words. I have put my words in your mouth. Those were the words he spoke. That time I was a stammerer, lying on the altar. And I woke up. And I knew that beyond the utterance, the power to make me a messenger of the covenant was transmitted in those words. And I began to cultivate it in the place of prayer. That was why Paul said to Timothy, the prophecies that went forth represent the counsel of God. That went forth with the spirit of God. You must war a good warfare by those words. You must cultivate the, the, the spirit deposit that those words communicated into your life. As you communicate it and cultivate it, a time comes when that spirit deposit becomes enlarged and it will begin to manifest what God has said. Now, I want you to check. How many times did God stop to speak to you? Did you take it seriously? Just okay, one of those things. Some of you have diaries where you write them and you don't believe them. The words don't have power because they are in your diary. They have power because they came with spirit and they imparted life. It is only a seed, all right, that has the power of life. And when God wants to cause conception to take place, he releases a seed. A seed that is viable. A seed that has vital force. A seed that has life. Because he wants to give you the responsibility of cultivating it. Of incubation. Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It doesn't matter the quality of degree you graduate with. The kind of school you went to. Hallelujah. It, what matters is what you have cultivated. We have gone beyond the limitations of the courses we read and the schools we went to. What we are now is not a product of where we went to or where we studied. It's a product of a seed that grew. And God that does not lie. He spoke a word and that word was incubated. That word was developed. And when the vision matured, he began to speak and he did not lie. Many believers don't know what it means to incubate upon the spirit of the word of God until it becomes so bogus that it begins to manifest. Irrespective of the presence of the devil, the Bible says, whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. Please help me ask your neighbor, do you still remember what God told you? Because I get so bothered, I get so bothered. When we sit down to do counseling sessions. Somebody comes back. He says, comes for counseling. He says, God spoke to me and said that my troubles are over that time. But when he said it, these circumstances came. That's why I came to you. I'm confused, pastor. I'm confused. You know what? The guy wants to confer upon the pastor the, the responsibility of incubating the spirit of that world. A deposit of the spirit was released. On the account of that word that was transmitted. 
The guy doesn't want to take responsibility for culturing that deposit. So he goes to pastor for counseling. God has already spoken, but he doesn't understand the impact and the import of the spoken word of God. And God will never do anything except he does it by his word. We must understand how to incubate it and how to put it in an incubator. That's why we need to pray in tongues long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's something rolling, do you know, for me, oh, my prayer is energized when God speaks a word to me. Is that your experience? When he speaks, then your prayer is energized. Why? Because you need prayer to incubate that thing. The moment you step out of church and go out, the conductor will say a word from the devil to kill that which you are carrying. You need to speak some tongues at home so that faith can come. That time fear came, it means there were surgical blades looking for the seed. To mutilate it while it's still infant. And then you begin to speak in tongues. And suddenly boldness comes. The fiery darts of the enemy are quenched. The shield of faith comes out. Your, your word is defended. And it begins to grow. A time comes when you incubate upon it. That you can no longer doubt it. Even when you... Are you with me? You can't doubt it. And the devil knows that at that point you become dangerous. And if you talk to other people that are weak in faith... There's an impartation of faith. Fear is banished. They come into faith because that which you receive from God has grown. Has it happened to you, to you before? You were staggering in the spirit and when you came to tent, you now feel like a giant. But you went out. You could not incubate what you receive. It came flat again. Waiting for the next month. Flat in spirit. Flat in spirit. Began to incubate. Began to incubate it in prayer. Hallelujah. I was in the spirit and the Lord says, You can raise the dead. Then I received that word. I began to incubate it. And I incubated, for, incubated it for about two years. And then a day came. Somebody really died. Then I asked the Lord, Are you raising the dead? He said he's raising the dead. No, what he said is, she will live again. It was not about the prayer I prayed. If you think it's the, the formula is in the prayer and you cram it, 29 seconds of prayer, come, rise up in 29 seconds and you go and do it in the village. The person will die the month. You have incubated nothing. God has nothing, no obligation over your life if he didn't give you any promise. You have to incubate that promise until it becomes large enough for fear not to kill it. God told me that she will rise again and she rose again. And the people scattered. Hallelujah. Then the most fascinating one was that I was in Otupo and they brought the news that a woman died. I went into the room. I prayed for 30 minutes. And the Lord said again, she will rise again. Oh my God, I came out. I said, she's alive. The people say she has died. I said, she's alive. They said, okay, let's go to the village. We traveled for four hours. We met her alive. When I told them, she will rise. She rose in the village. She rose in the village. Because it was incubated. There was no fear. In Abuja, we're doing home fellowship. 
Then they brought the news that one of our own fellowship members had died. Then they said, they took me to the mortuary. The women said, they must bring the dead body out. Their pastor must pray. Then I went into the garden. Then I said, Holy Ghost, are you raising the dead? He said, he's not raising any dead. I said, okay, you are not raising the dead. All right. Uh, make these women not succeed because they are, they are bold. They are, let them not succeed to get the body out. Now, you don't understand. It's not a formula. Oh, Jesus. The mortuary attendant says it's against the law. They need to bring police report. They need to bring affidavit. Then... So the woman said, you cannot even allow our pastor to pray. Oh, we were there for two hours. I said, it was not raising the dead. Hallelujah. You know why they believe their pastor could raise the dead? We were in home fellowship. And I was praying, I was praying. And, and they brought a cripple. I turned my back and I said, Lord, are you raising the cripple? He said, she will rise again. So I stopped praying. I went to her. I said, Jesus said, rise. And I took her up. She fell down. I said, Jesus did not say fall. He said, what? Rise. I took her up. She fell more. I said, Jesus didn't say fall. Jesus said rise. Then I took her. As I took her up, she was putting her hand on the one hand like this on the chair so that if she falls, there will be chair. So I kicked the chair away and I kicked her away and she began to walk. Ah! When they saw that one, they said, somebody died. They now say, our pastor. Now, let me tell you, don't come under any pressure. You can't do anything. Except the great one says, I'm doing something. We were on this altar. I went to psychiatric unit, Federal Medical Center, and I discharged a patient. The nurses, it was riot that day. On Christmas Day, I brought the young man, mad, using his head to hit concrete. I called Joshua, I called Pastor Chris. Let's go for experiment. Before I called them, the great one had told me, I will cleanse the madness. So I called it, experiment. So it was here. Three minutes of prayer, the guy slept and woke up where? I will not do that if he did not say so. If he doesn't say so and you, the person comes and I ask, are you doing something? I will pretend as if I didn't say. <laughs> you know what? I have lived long enough in the spirit to know that you are worthless. You are nothing. Except God speaks, he will not do anything. But before I began to see miracles, the great one spoke to me, you will raise the dead. I incubated it in prayer until it grew to a point where I could not doubt if God spoke. You will remain a slave until you grow the things that God is betting in your spirit. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. They are life. Hallelujah. I came for burial and they were crying, crying, crying. No, they had buried the person. So they were crying. And then the Holy Ghost told me, what, what I will do today? All the people mourning, I will remove the money. So I came there and I began to preach. Then I started prophesying. As I was prophesying, the spirit of sorrow went, whoop, I casted it out. Even the woman that her husband died could not mourn again. It was the Holy Ghost. But that doesn't mean that any, I visit every barrier. I only visit the barrier that the Holy Ghost say, I want to do something. When people know how to incubate spiritual things, 
they become extraordinary men. Normal people, but extraordinary people under the hand of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I preached before, and the Holy Ghost said, Okay, that water they gave you to drink, take it and sprinkle it upon the people. As I was sprinkling it, demons came out of people. People were healed by water. One pastor was there, he said, Wait. He said, Don't finish that water. <laughs> now, you see, there was nothing about the water, actually. There was everything about the instruction. He said, that water must not finish. He took me to a place in Zaria and said, this is my church. Put the water. See, it's not water. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you are still here, say amen. amen. We need men of the spirit again. Men that can hear God and obey him and put his mighty hand on display. But people have refused to incubate on the word that God has spoken to them. I have 15 minutes more to close this service. And I want us to spend it in prayer. Now, okay, let's do all the protocol first. Uh, ushers, come, let's take offering. So that we will finish in 15 minutes time. Bring offering baskets. Let's sow first. I want us to pray. See, as we are going in the spirit, open your spirit. Are you with me? The things that God has said before that you forgot and you threw away, they will come back. If you are here and you don't pray as much as one hour in tongues every day, you cannot incubate any spiritual thing. Your life will be normal and natural and mundane. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. We are going to pray this night. Some things will be born in the spirit. Sorry, we, we did not finish the characteristics of the word of God. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Hallelujah. A more sure. Don't cast away what God has spoken to you. I incubated some things for 15 years before they started happening. Some of you, you see small anointing moving on your head. You say, Pastor, show me how to manifest it. No, a spiritual thing takes time before it manifests. Even people that are sold into witchcraft, it takes time before they can manifest witchcraft power. They go to rigorous training. Are you with me? Spiritual thing takes time. Hallelujah. A spiritual thing takes time. We are going to pray and by 8 p.m. we'll be out of here. Hallelujah. There's nothing extraordinary about us. The only thing is that we received the words of God and we incubated it. Today, you like seeing us preach. You like miracles. You like the power of God. We just incubated the spiritual thing. This is the heritage of everyone that is born in Christ Jesus. Everyone can mount up with wings like eagles. Everyone can, can wield the sword of the Lord. Everyone can walk with the boots of the gospel. Everyone can manifest the power of God. And that's what church is all about. To raise everyone to acknowledge his destiny and to fulfill it under supervision. So that the least among us 
will be as strong as David. The day of religion has passed. The day where men worshipped human tradition. The days of hero worship has passed. Now Jesus among all nations wants his name, his excellency and his majesty to be known. And by all means he will fight for him to be known. He will fight. He will fight. There are many pastors Jesus will fight. Many ministries he will fight. He will fight because God killed his son to get you. He killed his son to get for himself a people. No pastor can cast a shadow upon them. He will fight for his people. An army must rise in his name. A people must rise for his kingdom. And he will fight to make it so. He will fight to make it so. He will fight. He will fight. Listen to me. We are peeped into the tablets of God. And we have seen that God wants to visit Penway State. And that time is now. He said we should not hold back anymore. He said we should proclaim the kingdom, the power, the glory. That his spirit will come. That he will come in our lifetime. Not in the days of our children. He will renovate the land. This land will yet prosper. This land. It shall come to pass that people will forget the pathways that lead to the ancient shrines in Jatoka. People will forget the narrow roads that lead to Agrabi and Anyaka where people go to consult darkness. For the highway of the Lord shall be garnished. And men of understanding will cry, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Listen to me. I've seen it many times in, in visions and dreams. And I speak by the mouth of God. Nations will come to Makodi. Nations. Nations. White, black, Africans. From every part of the world. They will come to learn the ways of the Lord from this land. Many of them will come and take the sand. And travel with it. The Lord shall place his name among our borders. The people within our communities shall be blessed with the rain of heaven. The mountains will give forth milk and the valleys will yield butter. The pathways will be furnished and garnished. And people will navigate by the spirit into the depths of God. The days of religion are over. The days when you will ask your neighbor and say, What church are you from? It's, it's over. We will fellowship beyond the boundaries of denomination. What it will be is, Are you in Christ? And if you are, then you are welcome. The power of God will descend from above. Every wickedness perpetrated in darkness in high places will be judged by his finger. A day will come where they say, Come and be governor of Benue State. People will refuse. Say, Come and lead us. People will say, No. Because God will put his jealousy on that throne. That throne will be a grave for many people. And a time will come when they say, Come and be the governor. You say, wait, let me pray about it. Today, River Benway might be known as a fortress where darkness dwells. But a time comes 
when the spirit of the Lord shall cleanse the land something else will dwell within his rivers the Lord will arise and his enemies will be scattered he had chosen this land from the foundations of the world that he will set his foot and everything that stands in rebellion shall be judged arise O God and let thy enemies be scattered in the moment of time I like you to arise in the spirit Hosanna 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 Haile marakum raskata balatekade akalia Can we pray? Can we pray? Sikana boto shikade boto zia Jemboto skele bata la kuto shidia Zabaratu shele bata la kuto shidia there's a rejoicing in the spirit. There's a rejoicing in the spirit. Because the word of God has come unto us. The word of power has come unto us. I don't know about you, but there's a rejoicing in my spirit. Shabeto Batola Bata Barararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararararar
In Jesus' name. Please, I'd like you to sit for two minutes. I just want to uh, say something. Two minutes. The Lord encountered me while I was in Lagos. That was why we came to set up this meeting. Based on several things that God wants to do within the territory and the seasons that have come. Also based on the plans that the devil has to unleash upon the body of Christ. So we are going to be having two sets of meetings. Our normal monthly meeting. And once in a while when God gives a specific instruction, we will do the kind of meeting we have today titled What the Bible Says. In order for us to strike a balance and to raise people that know the true God and Jesus whom he has sent. Hallelujah. We are trusting God that, well, you get to know of these meetings if your phone number is in our mailing list. Anytime we are holding a strategic meeting, we'll send you a text message. So for those of you that are present here, whose phone numbers are not in our mailing list and have not been receiving messages, text messages about our events in this place, I would like you to signify by a raise of hand. Your phone number is not in our mailing list and you do not receive text messages notifying you about meetings that we hold in this place. Please, ushers, I would like you to pass uh, sheets of paper 
so that the uh, brethren can write down their phone numbers so that we can update our mailing list. We are not a church as you have, you can see. We don't do Sunday service. Don't come here in the morning on Sunday. You'll not find anybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are an apostolic center set up as an overseas within the territory where we can bring forth God's current revelation position for all of God's people that are seeking to understand and to come into alignment with the current technology in heaven. We seek to disciple people in prophetic and apostolic truth so that we can become a relevant part of God's end time move that he wants to shoot out from this territory. There's an emphasis in the spirit that God wants us to embrace. And we trust God that people will be raised to respond to the clarion call in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you are not receiving text messages as the ushers pass by, just signify by a raise of hand and you'll be given a sheet of paper so that you can write your number and we'll use it to update our mailing list. We trust God that in a few years from now, we will have a camp. You know, most of these meetings we hold, let me tell you about what a spiritual ceremony is. A spiritual ceremony are articulate, prophetically inspired meetings and events that make things go on record in the realm of the spirit. Most of our services, we end them before the Holy Ghost ends. Because of time, we have to end so that people will go back and not get home late. But we are trusting God to set up a camp where when you come, we'll be camping for three days. So we'll start a meeting. And we'll end that meeting when the Holy Ghost stops. So a meeting can take place for eight hours as long as the Holy Ghost is still working. Trust us, trust us. We are, we are mature in the spirit. We know when the Holy Ghost is still working. So we will not keep you if God is not working. Sometimes the momentum of the spirit that comes into the service was intended to span for 12 hours. But because we need to go, we we'll shut down. So God has spoken to us that we should set up a camp. Hallelujah. We are in 2013 now. We are trusting God that in a few years from now, we are going to see the prayer city. Somewhere on this Otupo road, somewhere, you will see the prayer city. Hallelujah. Where we can begin the, the gyration and take the gyration to the crescendo and allow the Holy Spirit, when he has finished, before we stop and go and eat. The least among us must be as strong as David. Our own part in the revival is to train foot soldiers for the kingdom of God irrespective of tribe, irrespective of denomination, to train foot soldiers for God that know God indeed, not religion. That know the spirit of God. Nameless people, maybe in your family there has never been a preacher. That makes you more qualified. And God is going to be brooding to the territory through young people, through women that are committed and dedicated to his kingdom. And the people of God will emerge. 
That's our only two parts of the contribution. In the broad strokes of the move of God that is coming to this territory. We have been contributing for many years now. We have been able to raise something. We are still raising. Because we want to get five million before we go to meet the villagers to buy the land. Now, meanwhile, it's not fundraising I'm doing. I'm just telling you about the future. Hallelujah. We are contributing. And we are almost there. We are almost there. And we will get there. You know, we are full of young people and starters. Hallelujah. So we are going at our own pace. But the camp called the prayer city. You will see the banner. It will be lifted up in Benue State. And from that point we believe this land will be purified. Hallelujah. Some people will move and start staying on the camp. We will do something in that place that will bring healing to our borders. Now, you see, it is no longer customary for Christians to, to be taught how to pray. Christians no longer submit to be taught how to pray. And so, the average Christian cannot pray in tongues for 12 hours. He cannot incubate and give birth to a spiritual thing. It's no longer customary for somebody to say he locks himself in a room and he prays in tongues for 12 hours, then he will sleep. And wake up and pray for six hours and sleep and wake up and study the Bible and sleep and wake up and do that for three days. It's no longer customer. But we are, we are going to reinvent that method. Hallelujah. The furnace of prayer will be kindled again in the citadel of the Lord. And people will come like charlatans and come out like champions. They will come like lambs and live like lions. The prayer city for the healing of the nations shall be established. That's where we are going. For now, we have to close. But when we get there, we will be in limbo. In the hands of the Holy Spirit. At the mercy of the living God. Until he takes us, maybe by flight, to the other side. Because Jesus always wants us to go to the other side. Hallelujah. When he told them that he wanted them to go to the other side, he did not say he needed the services of Keno. And when the tempest was coming, the canoe became unsteady. And they thought that he needed canoe to go to the other side. So they felt danger. Tell your neighbor, Jesus doesn't need the canoe. If the canoe had fragmented, maybe they would have been floating on the water. But this time, when we get to the camp, we will not ask Jesus for a vessel with which to go to the other side. We will obey when he says, jump. Men of faith, rugged faith, and fiery evangelists like our ancestors in the faith in this land will have to rise again. The spirit of fire evangelism that burned in the heart of our fathers. We have not forgotten our heritage. We will dig all of their wells and the heritage that God has brought into the territory through them. Sons of the kingdom will still carry their marks upon their, their backs. Everything that God deposited through great people that he has used in the territory. Spiritual things cannot be lost, my friend. Abraham erected an altar unto God. Two generations later, his grandson, it was at the same spot where Abraham erected an altar that Jacob had an encounter and accepted the living God. The mantles of our fathers, they are still in the realm of the spirit, looking for people that are worthy enough in stature to download them, to make them functional. 
The mantle of the great evangelist Godwin Kenu is still somewhere in the realm. Somewhere. Ah, the labor of our heroes past shall never be in vain. Those things that they did, those sacrifices that went forth, they will still yield in our time because their wells will be dug again. It's on the strength of this that the prayer city, the foundation will be laid. And very soon, we invite you for the foundation laying stone of the prayer city. And the flag of redemption will be raised to the heavens as a token that the labors of our fathers will be recovered by a generation of the kingdom. God gave us clear visions, clear insights, and the time for the fulfillment of the things that he has shown us has come. The least among us will be as strong as David. As you walk out of this, war, this, this hall, maybe the government has not paid your salary. Your financial condition is in, is, is in quagmire. Listen to me. We have hope. Hope is coming. Uh, maybe your circumstances are not worthy of a testimony. Listen to me. Hope is coming. The ancient ones, they spoke over our generation that our savior was going to come and he was going to redeem his people from the stranglehold of darkness. And we believe that every anointing, every mantle, every deposit, every grace that God put upon a man from this land, put upon a woman from this land, we care not to know whether the devil beguiled them and they lost their mantle or they were killed in active battle. All those things will be recovered again and young men will put on the cloak of ancients and speak with the wisdom of the learned. We believe that the heritage of the Lord in the land is about to be recovered. And so the clarion call will sound in the name of the Lord that God will visit his people. It's a word of great encouragement that a time of redemption is about to come. Scripture says, say to him that is of a fearful heart the Lord cometh. He will come and save you. The Lord bless you.